Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, radio family, and welcome back. Another great conversation is about to get underway with the weekend edition of Community Focus. It's always a joy to be with you to talk about good people who are doing good things in our community. And radio family, this is a very important, as all the conversations are important, but it's readdressing a particular topic of discussion. Many of you who obviously, when you listen to our Odyssey stations, or you're just wanting to be in the know as far as the media and what you read and what you hear is the importance as we continue and bring back to the conversation our discussion this morning about COVID-19 vaccines. And I want to say and extend a huge good morning to the newest member of our community focus family and you, Cornell P. Wright, MPA, and I found out what that stands for, Master of Public Administration. You serve as the Executive Director of the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health and Health Disparities. That is such an important title. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, Cornell. And again, I want to thank you because, again, as I just mentioned, the importance of continuing this conversation, particularly in our communities. So the best way to get our conversation started is simply by asking you, what do people need to continue to know about COVID-19 vaccines? Well, again, thank you for having me. And, you know, what people need to know are that all vaccines are safe and extremely effective in preventing uh, you know, severe illness, hospitalization, and death. Um, you can't get um, the virus by getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the vaccines are, are free, and, and that's even if you don't have insurance. And that's really important and great information to know, Cornell, and thank you for sharing that. Now, of course, we still have a large number of those who are unvaccinated. What's keeping them in particular from getting their COVID-19 vaccine? So COVID-19 can affect anyone. And I want to say this clearly, um, you are far safer by getting vaccinated uh, than you are if you are uh, getting Mm COVID-19 or unvaccinated. And so long form COVID is uh, affecting uh, thousands of people uh, and especially, you know, Many who have had COVID, including uh, those with mild or no initial symptoms, Mm -hmm. can struggle um, with long-term effects uh, like shortness of breath, you know, maybe chest pains and or brain fog. And so these can last uh, weeks or months. 
and and death from COVID nineteen is real, yeah. and uh, we've had you know more than a million um, cases of COVID um, in this state, and you know more than fourteen thousand people um, have died um, from COVID nineteen, and so we can stop the spread. Right. And COVID nineteen is preventable, and so um, that's why people you know should not wait to vaccinate. And I appreciate you sharing the importance of that, especially when we talk about, or as you mentioned, uh, including those with mild or no initial symptoms. Because, Cornell, I think about, you know, when we initially heard about COVID-19, obviously it was something very new to us. We had little or or really no information at the time. But then when we were hearing the Mm -hmm. severity of people being hospitalized, individuals who were on a respirator, and that was just something that just was not heard of, especially as regards to what this particular pandemic was all about. But as you stressed, and as we're continuing to stress, and especially again, I want to thank you for your role in really giving us the correct information, because there is also so much misinformation that's floating around there that's really playing an integral part in perhaps some people continually being hesitant against getting the COVID-19 vaccine and why you are stressing and so many in the medical profession are really just trying to keep us as safe as possible. So my next question to you is why do some people who have been vaccinated still can get COVID-19? So um, when a vaccine is highly effective. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Like we are seeing with the COVID-19 vaccines, um, a, a small percentage of people who are fully vaccinated um, will still get COVID um, if they're exposed. You know, right. to to the virus, and so although we continue to see high effective, mm-hmm. uh, you know, protection uh, against uh, those uh, hospitalizations and severe outcomes, you know, for people who are fully vaccinated, uh, we are uh, seeing um, you know a decrease in um, vaccine effectiveness. Right. Uh, against, you know, mild to moderate uh, infections. And uh, people 
are getting sick, um, but not severely ill, um, and um, you know, not needing to to be hospitalized. Right. And so, if if you are not vaccinated, your risk for severe illness and death is much higher. Uh, nearly all uh, cases uh, of severe disease, hospitalization, and death continue to occur uh, among um, those that are not yet vaccinated. Right. And so um, vaccines save lives. Uh, we need to, you know, layer up our protections mm-hmm. uh, to fight the, you know, the more contagious uh, Delta variant that we've been seeing lately. Right. And, um, we can weather the storm, mm-hmm. um, but we need to, you know, vax up. We need to mask up, and we need to urge others around us to do the same. And Cornell, it's interesting that you mentioned that because when I have conversations about this, particularly with close friends or family members, I am hearing from them. Some of them are actually double masking in some cases. Yep. It's it's dependent upon where they go and especially how many people they are around. And that's really stressing the importance of it. So, you know, for for those who just wear the single mask, you know, it's great that you're wearing a mask. But if you want an extra layer of protection, as you say, it's it's likely a good idea to, to double up on that as well. And I really appreciate the great information that you are sharing with our radio family and our listening audience thus far. I think I have time for one more question before we we go to our first break of the morning. Now, the the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, has approved the first COVID-19 vaccine. Can you explain to us exactly what that means? Sure. So um, the FDA, or as you said, the Food and Drug Administration, approved, you know, the first COVID-19 vaccine um, for the the prevention of COVID-19 disease in individuals um, 16 years of age and older. Um, So this is the full authorization. Um, The um, vaccine is also continuing to be available under emergency use authorization Mm -hmm. um, for individuals ages 12 through 15 years of age. Mm -hmm. And um, for the administration of additional dose in certain immunocompromised individuals, so people that have weaker or um, compromised immune systems, um, there's an additional dose that they can get right now. Um, And while millions of North Carolinians have uh, safely received COVID-19 vaccines to protect themselves and others, uh, the Food and Drug Administration uh, approval, you know, may instill an additional uh, confidence um, that others need to go ahead and get vaccinated. And that, too, is great information, Cornell, because I wanted to go back a little bit when mentioning the immunocompromised individuals. Are we also talking about persons who, let's let's just say, for example, may have um, chronic kidney disease or heart disease or perhaps have had a heart attack in, in the past? Are those the individuals? Yes. Okay. Yes, and cancer. There, you know, there's a, 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 a like a list of where that, you know, could be kind of... Yeah broadened out in the, in the scope of the conversation. But yes, those those individuals do um, fit that criteria. Okay, excellent. Now, is there a, a, a particular website, like perhaps maybe something the Center from Disease Control can, can give, or they do give, like a complete list of those who fit that particular category? Because some persons may not be aware, or they may not be sure whether they're 
are actually considered that type of, of individual who has an, an immunocompromised uh, position. That's a hard word to say, by the way. So I have to kind of <laughs> say it slowly and stretch it out a little bit. No, definitely. And, you know, um, especially here in North Carolina, you know, people can go to our ncbhhs.gov website. Okay, great. And it'll take you to our COVID websites and, um, you know, just a plethora of resources that are available. Also looking for, um, you know, myspot.nc.gov can help people go uh, find information about where to get vaccinated um, and, and other helpful information about this topic and more. Excellent. Well, Cornell, I know we're going to share that information again in the course of our continued conversation. But in the meantime, newbie, I didn't even call you that. And you definitely don't fit that criteria anymore because we're <laughs> we're definitely within the first uh, several minutes of this great and informational and informative conversation. So thank you so much for what you've shared with us thus far. And Radio Family, thank you so much for tuning in. It is a pleasure to be speaking to and having great conversation with Mr. Cornell P. Wright, MPA. Again, he serves as the Executive Director of the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Service Office of Minority Health and Health Disparities and is joining me, Renee Vaughn, here on the weekend edition of Community Focus. We will return. We will continue our conversation right after this break. And we welcome you, or we welcome you back. More of the weekend edition of Community Focus heard on our Odyssey stations. Thank you, Radio Family, for the great company. Definitely great company with members of our Community Focus family. A newest member, no longer a newbie, per se, but definitely part of our radio family. Cornell P. Wright, MPA, is the Executive Director of the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Service Office of Minority Health and Health Disparities. And, of course, we have been discussing uh, Cornell earlier about the COVID-19 vaccines, uh, what's keeping people from getting the vaccine, why some people who have been vaccinated still get COVID. And the last question before we went to break, you did an excellent job in explaining the FDA having improved or approved the first COVID-19 case. So as we do continue in our conversation today, there's been a lot of talk about booster shots so the the question obviously is where do we currently stand with that as far as information? So definitely, uh, the to continue the you know protect against um, severe illness, hospitalization, and death um, from the COVID nineteen virus um, as we head into the, the fall and winter months. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services announced that you know planning is underway right now as we speak. Uh, to support um, booster shots for um, segments of the population. Right. Um, and it's likely to begin um, very shortly here. Um, there are meetings going on this week, today, tomorrow, um, you know, real time right. in terms of this information. So boosters uh, can provide continued protection, especially as the Delta variant um, sweeps through the United States um, and, you know, especially as it sweeps through North Carolina and boosters um, for uh, the segment of the population that it can get eventually be approved for will be available um, pending full review and recommendation um, by the Food and Drug Administration or the FDA mm-hmm. and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention or the CDC. Okay. So uh, additional 
doses that we just you know talked about earlier are already approved and available um, you know for people who you know that have more moderate or severe um, compromised immune systems and so once um, authorized by the FDA and the CDC mm-hmm. um, that those people in those segment of the population that get highlighted will be able to receive um, a Pfizer or Moderna vaccine uh, in the United States um, as a booster. Um, and so this is um, this group who first got vaccinated around like December 2020 mm-hmm. or January 2021. Um, they'll be eligible in a certain time frame, um, likely starting between six and eight months. Okay. Uh, after their second dose. Mm-hmm. So if you got the Pfizer or Moderna, mm-hmm. um, what we're seeing is that, you know, there may be, you know, the booster available after you got your second dose. That's okay. when you become fully vaccinated. Gotcha. And so um, in, in this booster conversation, somewhere between six to eight months after that, that second dose where you were fully vaccinated, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, pending guidance, um, and information, we'll see when that may uh, come into play. Now, for those who were able to get Johnson and Johnson um, or the Janssen vaccine, we're still waiting to hear um, on the guidance or uh, if boosters will be an uh, uh, option for that group as well. Okay, Cornell. Excellent information, and and of course, just just to refresh for for those who may remember when, you know, everyone was getting their particular COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, of course, there there were choices. We had Pfizer, we had Moderna, we had Johnson & Johnson. Of course, the big difference was Pfizer and Moderna required two shots. And for a lot of people that went with Johnson & Johnson, it was just that one shot. If, if many, many do recall. Now, I just wanted to ask as, as a side question, and, and, and if I totally understand if you don't have the information readily available, but I was just curious because we officially have, have arrived in the fall season. And as we go through fall, and of course we go through, through winter, and we're getting to the end of this particular year, I'm sure that in addition to COVID-19, the other concern is the flu season that's, you know, uh, that can be a huge topic of discussion. So for those who typically get the flu shot, is that something that's recommended on top of the booster with the COVID-19 vaccine? Yeah. So one, let me say a couple of things, right? One is that if you think about last year, we hardly saw any flu cases. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) That's for a number of reasons. Um, but especially people masking up, being protective, um, you know, washing their hands, also waiting um, at least six feet away from people. Right. And then, you know, being more closed in and not, you know, openly out around everybody. Mm-hmm. That was very helpful in, like, reducing a lot of flu cases last year. Wow, yeah. Um, and then we, you know, also are seeing, you know, the cases, uh, you know, just, Bearing in, in COVID uh, due to Delta variant and more exposures and things like that. Right. What I also want to point out is that we still want people that 
to get their flu shot to get their flu shot. Mm-hmm. In terms of boosters, I may not have the best answer yet because a lot of this is still playing out. Right. So I don't know everything yet about you know the combination between boosters or, and um, flu you know vaccine. But I will say this: if you have a primary provider or care physician mm-hmm. or access to one, that is a great question to make sure that yeah. your situation uh, is amplified in that exactly. space to ask about that. That is so true. And Cornell, I really do appreciate that because the lines of communication between us as patients and our healthcare providers is so vitally important. It's important that we, you know, share between both parties involved as much information as we can because the importance of being safe is still very much a primary issue. And and thank you for letting me go off on an aside. Now, I will say <laughs> this, and and I mean this not not to be in in a joking manner, but what what really mm-hmm. just blows my mind sometimes is and and this is a very uh, serious subject matter, but I I've never quite understood the hand washing issue. I mean that that's something that their parents were adamant <laughs> with us right. about as kids. Wash your hands before you sit at the dinner table. Wash your hands if you're coming from outside playing with your friends. You're in the dirt. You're in the mud. You're in the playground. Mm -hmm. And you know how young kids are, especially the little babies. They touch everything and they touch everybody. (laughs) But, you know, it, it just baffles me. It's like I cannot believe that there is probably a group, and I'm not going to put a a finite number on it. But I'm like, there's some people out here who ain't washing their hands, even in the midst of a pandemic. So I just had to put that out there. That's That's been on my mind for a while since, you know, we've been <laughs> well, talking about I know, this pandemic. I know there's been some adults. I'm not saying in my current job, but in right. jobs that I've worked in the past, mm-hmm. that you just look at them differently. Right, um, when you find out they're not the washing bathroom. their hands. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And, I used to give them the elbow back in the day. Right. <laughs> and we have gone back to that along with fist bumping yes. and other ways with which, you yes. know, we make contact. But in all seriousness, I mean, really, that's just something that's just one common sense, or at least it should be. And it's just next to cleanliness. I mean, yes. but getting I back. I will say there's a new form of um, not even fist bumping or elbowing. I've mm-hmm. been alerted to. The, the toe tap now. Oh, really? Um, well, this is new yeah, to me. Tap your shoe to your other shoe to the okay. other person's shoe. And, you know, huh. yeah, it, I, it was interesting. Wow. Now, I'm I not like I was doing the kid and play kid. I was just going to say that, Cornell. You took the words <laughs> right out of That is the first thing that instantly came to my mind was kid and play. But in all seriousness, as we do get back to the seriousness mm-hmm. of our conversation, but it's always great to interject a, a yeah. little humor because we can't be serious about everything all of the time. But it is good to, to be informed and, and no better person than with you, sir, as I welcome those who may just be joining us. It is the weekend edition of Community Focus, heard on our Odyssey stations. Great conversation again with Cornell P. Wright, NPA, Executive Director of the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services, Office of Minority Health and Health Disparities, joining me 
Renee Vaughn. Well, thank you for letting me have a little humorous time <laughs> and fun with you. But back to, again, the series of our conversation. Let's talk about overall, how are COVID-19 cases trending in the state of North Carolina? So COVID-19 cases um, are increasing rapidly across the state. And, we're, you know, we're experiencing the, the fastest acceleration in cases, you know, since the, uh, the pandemic pretty much started. Right. And if, you know, cases keep going at this rate, they keep increasing at this current rate, mm-hmm. you know, we will pass the, the peak cases um, that we've had in January and in uh, pretty much a matter of weeks. Mm-hmm. And so this rapid increase is because of the Delta variant of COVID-19 and it's because it spreads much easier mm-hmm. and much faster than the original virus and uh, leaving unvaccinated people very vulnerable mm. and susceptible to, to infection. And so um, while these um, trends are alarming, we now you know have the most powerful tool yet uh, to putting an end uh, to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is the, the COVID-19 vaccines. We, uh, we want you know, those who are not yet vaccinated uh, to get vaccinated today and not wait. And now there's no benefit in, in waiting uh, to get vaccinated. We need to have everyone 12 and older uh, to get vaccinated uh, to make sure that we're protecting ourselves. Our, our, our families and our friends and loved ones. Absolutely, Cornell. And I am just so, just so thankful and grateful that we have a public affairs show that can share in that information. Because a lot of times I can understand to a degree, you know, perhaps a hesitancy because many people were like, well, I don't know anything about these vaccines, what they putting in them and so on and so forth. So hence, yeah, there's the importance of doing the research, hearing yeah. from professionals like yourselves but again, like you said, just making sure that the sources you're researching are accurate. Please, and we cannot stress this enough, Radio Family, go to reliable sources that you know and trust. And that includes people, too, in, in getting the information on how you can better protect yourself and your family. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, we've talked a lot about the Delta variant in our conversation. What's the latest information that you have and that you can share with our listening audience? So the Delta variant uh, is now the predominant strand um, of, you know, the COVID-19 virus, uh, North, especially in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it spreads faster uh, than, than the original COVID-19 virus and the current COVID-19 variant, uh, which means that it possesses a significant, you know, threat to unvaccinated people. So uh, this variant is, you know, one of the reasons why cases are rising so rapidly in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So nearly all of new COVID-19 cases in North Carolina are people who are not fully vaccinated. And um, we we want people to get vaccinated now mm-hmm. so they wouldn't get uh, exposed to uh, this variant of Delta variant in, in, of COVID-19. And so vaccines are available at schools and gyms and exactly. community centers, right. um, doctor's offices, pharmacies. 
functions of worship, you name it. Uh, and especially um, largely at our um, health departments uh, mm-hmm. locally. And so um, volunteers are reaching out uh, to people on a one-on-one kind of basis to offer uh, information and help people get connected to resources like rides or scheduling uh, appointments. Mm-hmm. And it's encouraging um, that our state's uh, vaccine rate has increased, uh, especially in recent weeks. But, we, you know, we need to double down uh, on, you know, the, the progress that's being made to really contain mm-hmm. uh, the current rapid spread of the Delta variant. Exactly, Cornell. And we mentioned this earlier in our conversation that when we talk about the COVID-19 vaccines, again, if you didn't hear us the first time, this definitely bears repeating. They are free, even if you do not have insurance. And so for anyone who's listening that may be in that particular situation, you can still get the vaccine. Very, very important to know. Well, Cornell, I want to thank you so far. You have done an excellent job in in answering my questions. Um, My next question to you as I get back on track. Now, there are other variants that have emerged. What makes this particular Delta variant so unique? Why is it standing out the way that it is? So the Delta variant is very contagious and it spreads very quickly. Um, While the original virus um, spread from one person um, to an average of two or three people, Mm -hmm. the Delta variant is uh, spreading from one person um, to the average of about six people. Wow. Um, So that makes it way more uh, contagious contagious, uh, and more of a threat. So, you know, we we really are wanting to make sure people are getting vaccinated Mm -hmm. because unvaccinated people are at a greater risk uh, of catching and spreading um, this this Delta variant of Mm COVID-19. And and it's, you know, they pose a risk uh, to children under the age of 12 right now who cannot be vaccinated yet. And, um, and especially those that are immunocompromised. Exactly, that we, we touched on earlier, too. Now, Cornell, people have been talking a lot about something called long COVID. Can you tell us what long COVID is and who is most at risk? Yeah, and we kind of talked about it just slightly a little bit earlier, yeah. but just to kind of get back into that conversation, you know, many people who have COVID-19 experience, you know, serious and long-term symptoms, you know, that can last for weeks or months after initial infection. And so the term long COVID refers uh, to, you know, to cases, you know, where new or persistent symptoms um, continue, you know, beyond uh, four weeks following an initial infection. And um, these symptoms that we kind of touched on earlier can be mild, like experiencing fatigue or um, brain fog, mm-hmm. or they can also be, you know, more severe, including, you know, like shortness of breath um, and, and some chest pains and discomfort. And so long COVID um, can affect, you know, anyone from uh, teens uh, to those in their 50s, you know, in 60s and beyond. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so important um, that everyone 
my age is 12 and up right now, uh, can receive um, the vaccine. And, you know, no one is immune uh, to, you know, serious complications uh, from COVID-19. That is so true. And look what you did there, Cornell. I was going to actually bring up another important group of individuals um, as we were speaking about those who are at higher risk or those who are immunocompromised. I'm getting better at saying that word, by the way. <laughs> See what practice will do. So the next question is, are vaccines safe for women who are pregnant? So the CDC recently updated its guidance uh, to recommend that all pregnant um, people receive um, the COVID-19 vaccine. Mm-hmm. So uh, vaccination is also uh, recommended for people who are breastfeeding, um, people who are uh, trying to become pregnant, and people who may, um, you know, consider or become pregnant in the future. Mm-hmm. And so there are, there are you know, no need, there's no need to wait or to avoid getting pregnant um, if you are, you know, planning to get to get vaccinated. That's a good point. And, you know, there is currently no evidence that um, any vaccines, including the COVID-19 vaccines, uh, cause, um, you know, issues or problems with fertility mm-hmm. uh, in women or men. Good to know. And so um, recent reports, you know, have shown that... Uh, you know, breastfeeding um, women uh, or breastfeeding people um, who have received a COVID-19 mRNA vaccine, and that's the Pfizer or the Moderna, um, have, you know, antibodies in um, their breast milk, which could help protect um, their babies. And so growing evidence is is showing that uh, the COVID-19 vaccines during pregnancy um, are, you know, are safe and effective and um, the benefit of getting vaccinated far outweighs, you know, the risk of not being vaccinated. Absolutely. Now, Cornell, let's get back to another important age group. We were talking about teens earlier. Why should teens age 12 and older get vaccinated against COVID-19? So teens are getting um, the COVID-19 virus, you know, just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And unvaccinated young people are making up a lot of the new cases yeah. that we are seeing across the state mm-hmm. and uh, across the country for that matter. Right. So additionally, uh, COVID-19, um, the virus that is, can cause long-term um, side effects in teens. Um, so these things that we've kind of been speaking about you know, are like shortness of breath, uh, chest pain and discomfort, and brain fog. And so, um, you know, vaccines can help prevent a a lot of that. And so millions of teens have already uh, been vaccinated, um, and clinical trials have, you know, proven that the COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective, um, even against, you know, the more contagious and uh, potentially, you know, more dangerous Delta variant. And so with, you know, the recent large increase of cases across North Carolina, and as uh, teens have uh, returned to school, Mm -hmm. you know, um, vaccination is 
widely and very important uh, to help uh, keep our, our teens and those around them safe. Absolutely, Cornell, because that does make me think about a lot of our school systems that have, you know, had our kids return not just to the classroom, but I remember speaking of those cases of, of young ones. And, you know, Cornell, you and I were both young at one time, and we thought we were invincible just like this generation uh, from time Aren't to time. Yeah, I, I well, I'm claiming it. <laughs> I, don't, I can't speak for you, but I'm going to claim it. I'm going to claim it. But it also made me think about, too, when, when we were hearing about the college campuses and how many kids were just mm-hmm. exposing each other. Yeah, how how important it is as we share this information. I tell you what, Cornell, time really does fly when one is engaged in excellent conversation, which is the case with you. So possibly my last question to you will be, uh, more places are requiring proof of vaccination for entry. Where can one person find their COVID-19 vaccine record? I think that's real important to know. It really depends on where you got vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And so many North Carolinians um, can access their, their COVID-19 vaccine information uh, in the North Carolina COVID-19 vaccine portal, including anyone uh, who received their COVID-19 vaccine from a North Carolina provider and, notice the word and, yes. uh, provided you know an email address um, to um that, you know, to a North Carolina provider. And so if you did both of those things, you mm-hmm. can log in to the portal by visiting covid-vaccine-portal.ncdhhs.gov. Again, that is covid-vaccine-portal.ncdhhs.gov. And um, if you received your vaccine from a pharmacy participating in the federal uh, retail pharmacy program, Mm -hmm. like a CVS or like a Walgreens, uh, or from another federal vaccine provider, such as the U.S. Department of Defense, then, you know, you will need to get your vaccine information um, directly um, from that provider you know, as it is not available in the North Carolina uh, COVID vaccine portal. Uh, well, thank you for that. And that is great information to know. And and one more thing, uh, Cornell, to, to basically summarize what you have, again, done an excellent job in relaying this information, the importance of talking to our friends and our families about getting vaccinated, offering to help them, even if they need a ride or just in sharing their own experience I do want to share with our, our listeners and our radio family that they are in certainly invited to visit myspot.nc.gov or you can call 1-888-675-4567 to get more information about staying safe and effective COVID-19 vaccine. So again, that's myspot.nc.gov or one eight 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 six seven five four five six seven. Well, Cornell P. Wright, and I just found this out from you, brother, that you are an alumni. I got an eagle up in the house, North Carolina Central <laughs> University. So I got somebody who is a graduate of a fine HBCU that has joined me here 
on today's program. So thank you so much and welcome to the Community Focus family. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And one final thing, Cornell, is that there are never any goodbyes with me. So I am definitely wanting to get you back on the program for a future conversation, especially as the latest information uh, comes to you and to relay that to, to our radio family. So thank you again. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Anytime you need me. Oh, thank you. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> and thank you, radio <laughs> family, for the good things you're doing in our communities as well. Keep up the great work. And by all means, please continue to stay safe. Enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of this weekend as we do bring to a close another great conversation. You have been listening to the weekend edition of Community Focus. Everyone, please take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.